Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway opens up our summer series, Disciple, and talks about life with Jesus. Dallas talks about how you are a disciple of the people and things that influence you and asked who or what is influencing us right now. We looked at Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22, and looked at the disciples' life with Jesus. Dallas talks about how a disciple of Jesus is someone who accepts the invitation to follow him, become like him, and pass on to others what you've learned from him. We hope you enjoyed this message. What's up, middle school and high school? Welcome to the first part of a new series. Actually, I'm just going to be upfront. It's one that we stole from Big Church. The new series is called Disciple, right? So if you've been paying attention on Sunday mornings, the Big Church Fellowship Greenville has been going through a series for the last few weeks called Disciple. What does it mean to be a true follower or a true disciple of Jesus? And they're continuing the series through the summer, and we are jumping on board now. And uh, and and we're going to be doing it for the next six or seven weeks. So I hope you will follow along. Uh, maybe the first question in your mind is like, what what is a disciple like? How would we define that? And thankfully, we've got a a picture that's just the shape of a triangle and some simple language that has been helpful for our church over the last few years, and we hope is helpful for you as a middle schooler or a high schooler. So real simple, what's what's a disciple of Jesus look like? It means that. We are people who are living life with Jesus. That's at the top of the triangle. It means that we are living life in community, so with other believers, with other followers of Jesus. That's one of the next corners of the triangle. And then the last, the third corner of the triangle is that we are people who live life on mission. So we have a purpose, we have uh, something that we are going after, and we're doing it in community and with Jesus, right, as our as our, our leader, the one we are receiving life from. So that is an easy, hopefully, picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to take two weeks each to break down life with Jesus, two weeks on life and community, and two weeks on life on mission. So we hope you join. We hope you follow along. Let us know any questions that you guys have in the chat or, or in the comments on this video. And we'll see you. We'll be doing kind of the same series on Sunday nights as well. So maybe we'll see you in person for a few of these. Uh, today, where we're going to start, we're going to start with life with Jesus, and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4, so go ahead and turn there in your Bibles or scroll there in your digital copy if that's what you're using. And and while you're getting there, or you know, at least while you're just watching this, uh, I want you to think about how you have been a disciple already, or what or who you have already been a disciple of at this time in your life. And maybe like a quick answer for you would be, what? Well, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Like that's, that's who I am. That's what's been true of me already in my life. But I would be willing to bet that you have been influenced more um, or more than you realize by plenty of other things in your life. And you could even go so far as to say that you have become a disciple of certain things or certain people, and maybe you didn't even realize it, right? A really simple way to think about being a disciple is you are a disciple of the things and the people who teach you what life is about, teach you how you're supposed to speak, how you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to act. Anyone who's teaching you how to live or anything who's teaching you how to live, you can become a disciple of. So for me, here's what I realized in college is that I was a disciple of some really negative music in my life. And I, I was listening to a lot of different music. Like I've always listened to Christian music since I was in middle school. Uh, but I, I was starting to listen to some music that was making me think differently about people in a negative way. It was making me say some things that my mom certainly never taught me to say. 
And I started to realize that this music was influencing me way more than I realized, and something needed to be done. Either I just decided, hey, well, that's the way I wanna live and, and speak and act and think, or I needed to, to cut it out because I had become, in some way, shape, or form, a disciple of that music. And so maybe for you, you could actually pinpoint, like maybe as I'm talking about music, you're thinking about some of the things that you've read, some of the shows that you've watched, some of the influencers on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube that you follow, some of your friends, your family, and you could pinpoint the ways that they have influenced you and the ways in which you now think the same way they do. You speak in similar ways that they do. You act in similar ways, maybe even to the point where if it's your parents, you're like, Sometimes it's scary how much I'm already like my mom or like my dad, right? In some way, shape, or form, you have been a disciple of these things. And that's not necessarily a negative thing, um, but we want to realize as Christians that the one who are we, supposed to, we are supposed to sit under above all else, the one that we are supposed to follow uh, above everyone else is Jesus, right? We are meant to be disciples of Jesus, the one true king, the one true true God. Maybe before we move to the scriptures, here's a helpful image that maybe will help you pinpoint more areas in your life where you have been a disciple of something or someone. A picture is going to pop up on the screen of this really cool tiger. And it's not just a picture of the tiger like uh, out in the jungle or whatever, right? Wherever tigers roam. But it's actually a collage that makes up a picture of a tiger, right? And it's a collage of little magazine clippings or newspaper clippings. And if you start to look, there's some words, maybe there's some pictures on these clippings. And if we were to do this, if we were to make a collage of you and we took clippings or screenshots or lyrics, whatever, if we took things that represent the influences or the places or people who have discipled you, how would that collage turn out? Where would those lyrics come from? Where would those screenshots come from? Where would those those images or faces, who would they be faces of? Those are the people or places that you have been a disciple of. Kind of an interesting way to think about it, right? And that makes up you. That makes up your life. But again, the call for us is clear that we are meant above all else to be a disciple of Jesus. So Jesus makes the call and he does it in Matthew chapter 4 to some of the very first disciples, the people who would follow him. And so read with me in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. It says, while walking by the sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter. We uh, more, more popularly know him as Peter, right? And Andrew, his brother, they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen, right? So don't, don't miss that. They're, they're fishing. They're out doing their regular thing. They're out doing their regular job, their livelihood, this is how they made money, right? And Jesus comes up. And what does he do next? Verse 19. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him, right? So again, let, let's get the picture. They're fishing. They're doing their livelihood. They're doing, like, this is what they did probably pretty much every day, right? To earn money, to earn food. And Jesus comes up and he invites them, hey, stop what you're doing and follow me. Stop what you're doing and be my disciple. And, and maybe the craziest part of the whole thing in some ways is they literally take their nets and they just drop them and walk off and follow him. 
Like imagine if Jesus comes to your school, right? Or maybe he comes to your family while you guys are eating dinner. And if you're studying or whatever, Jesus comes in and says, you know, knock, knock. Hey, you two, come follow me, right? And somebody in your class, and maybe it's you, they just put their books down, they get up and they follow him. Or somebody at your table drops their, their fork or their spoon or their spork, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna follow you. What? Like, why, why are they doing this? But they're not the only ones. In verse 20, it says immediately, uh, well, we already read that, but immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21 says, and going on from there, he saw two other brothers, right? Jesus is, he's looking for people in pairs, apparently. Uh, people in pairs, apparently. Try to say that 16 times fast. Uh, so he sees two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. So he was also, I guess, a son of Zebedee. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, there's even more clues to that. And what were they doing? They were mending nets and he called them. So they're, uh, it appears, some sort of fishermen as well, or I guess maybe you could think they're net makers, but they more likely were fishermen. And immediately after Jesus calls them, they too left the boat and their father and they followed Jesus. So, right, we got the first two brothers, Peter and Andrew, who leave. They drop their nets and they just go. And then you've got the next ones. You've got James and John who kind of basically do the same thing, except they just get straight out of the boat and they go and they follow Jesus. And not only do they leave the boat and their livelihood, but they leave their family, their father. Why would these guys do this? What was it about Jesus that was so compelling? We cannot miss an opportunity to be a disciple of this guy. And here's here's some thoughts on that. Number one, they had no idea what they were getting themselves into, all right? Just from from the get-go, they had no idea of the miracles they would see. They had no idea of just who Jesus was, no idea yet. You can't find any evidence in the scriptures that they knew what they were getting themselves into. They had no idea that eventually Jesus would go and die on the cross and that he would be the savior of the world. And so it would be like, if anybody else that maybe you kind of had heard their name before, but all of a sudden they're asking you to drop everything you have and come and follow them, that's so strange and weird and foreign to us. But here's what they they would have known about Jesus, is that in some way, shape, or form, Jesus was giving them a second chance. These guys were fishing because somewhere along the line in their schooling, they didn't quite meet the requirements and maybe even flunked out of rabbi school. And Jesus was a rabbi calling them to follow him, learn his ways, And the typical way this worked is that once you learned the ways of a rabbi or a Jewish teacher, right, you would then become a rabbi yourself. I mean, basically, really quickly, how the schooling system worked then, think about it like elementary, middle, and high school, kind of like we have in our days. And from about five or six years old until 10, they would go to Jewish school, both boys and girls, from what we can tell. And they would, by the time they are done... Uh, with elementary school, they would have the first five books or so memorized of the Old Testament, right? The Torah. They would have the first five books of the Bible memorized. Can you believe that? By the time they were 10 years old. And then a, a good many of them, not everybody, but a good many of them would move on to middle school. And by the time middle school was over, so at this time, they're maybe like 13 or 14, they would have the entire... Old Testament. Isn't this crazy? They'd have the entire Old Testament memorized. 
And those who did it to a T, those who were the cream of the crop, they would then move on and they would go follow a rabbi and they would, they would learn how to become like that rabbi and become rabbis themselves, Jewish, Jewish teachers. But these guys, we've already said, they're, they're fishermen. But we know if you look at some outside evidence and some things that the scriptures point to that they were young enough that if they had made the cut, they would have been following a rabbi already, and yet they're not. Somewhere along the line, they weren't enough. They didn't measure up. Maybe they flunked out. And Jesus is giving them a second chance to go after, for them and their culture, what would have been achieving status that was, that was higher than most other, other jobs or places in society at that time. And so they drop everything and they jump and they, they, they go and they follow him and their dad would have understood, the other fishermen would have understood, everybody in their families would have understood why they would take this opportunity. And along the way, they, they follow him. They do exactly that, right? They follow Jesus. They are disciples of his and they watch how he teaches. They watch how he eats. They watch the miracles that he does. They watch the ways that he interacts with people. Every step of the way, the rest of, of Jesus's life on earth, these disciples, these four and eight more like them were following him in his footsteps and learning to do life the way he did. And eventually we know that these guys are the ones who then started the church that would do more of what? Calling people to be disciples of Jesus to follow him, to accept the invitation to follow him, to start becoming more and more like him. Hey, watching and learning how Jesus does what he does and then doing it and then inviting other people to do the same. There's this phrase that I like can't get out of my mind over the last few weeks. And I mean, again, here's what would have been happening. They would have been following Jesus everywhere he went. And as they go, you know, Jesus is walking, he's got his sandals, they've got their sandals on, and they're literally, they would have been behind him, like physically, right? And as they go, Jesus would have been kicking up dust on the disciples that were behind him. And this phrase that's been in my mind is a blessing for anyone who would have been following a rabbi during these days. And it was that, that uh, the blessing was, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, like everywhere you go, would you be taking in and being covered in not just actual dust, it was a much bigger term than just, hey, I hope you get dirty, but it was, hey, would you start to become more and more like your rabbi with every step of your journey with him? Would your speech start to look like his speech? Would your actions start to look like his actions? Would you start to think the way that he thinks? Would you become like your rabbi? That's what it is to be a disciple, that you and I would become like Jesus. That's what the disciples of this time were going after, and that continues to be the call today. So how do we do it? We've got one more week in talking about what it means to be with Jesus, and then we're gonna do, again, two on being in community, two on being on mission, but, but here's kind of maybe a place to start. It's with this definition that our church has been using, right? Over the last couple weeks, Charlie and Jim have been talking about this, that to be a disciple, it means you accept the invitation of Jesus to be his disciple. So step one, like, what does this look like? Man, well, first you've got to accept it. 
You've got to receive this free gift, this free invitation from Jesus. Have you accepted that for yourself yet? Have you, have you said, Lord, I, I trust you. I don't know what all is ahead of me, but I'm going to, maybe metaphorically, I'm going to drop the fishing nets and I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you. That's what we see from the disciples. So have you accepted the invitation? The next part is that to be a disciple means that you have accepted the invitation to become like Jesus. So, and in some way, shape, or form, this kind of is a throwback to the 10 practices, right? What does it look like to become like Jesus? Well, man, Jesus was relational, and Jesus spent time with the Father, and Jesus was in creation. Jesus uh, was praying. He knew the scriptures. All of the things that we talked about in the 10 commandments series, or the 10 practices series, sorry, that's, that's a picture of what it looks like to live in the way of Jesus. So if you're going to become like him, maybe a great place to start is with those 10 practices. So accepting the invitation, accepting the invitation to become like him, and accepting the invitation to invite others into the way you're living, the way you're living like Jesus. See, the disciples, they didn't just learn and become like Jesus himself, but they started inviting other people thousands and thousands and thousands of people into the same way of life, inviting other people to be disciples of Jesus. And now thousands of years down the line, the same invitation is there for me and for you. So will you be a disciple of Jesus? Will you choose to follow him, to become like him, and to invite others into that same way of life?